from the grave gypsy eyes and the sacred poignant flesh of long-limbed dancers unsullied but not for long Everybody, welcome back to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast where we are looking at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood celebrities. Each month, we use Rotten Tomatoes to figure out the highest and the lowest rated film in someone's filmography, and then we talk about them. And now we are up to the worst of Catherine Bigelow. The best was, uh, what the hell did we just do? Hurt Locker was the best, and now we're up to the weight of water. My name is Wes Teasdale. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, how are you? Good. Never have I seen a movie try so hard to cover up for a uh, bland, boring script. Oh, really? You didn't find this one. You didn't find this one to be to be fascinating. I thought you were going to go somewhere else there. With um, never have you seen such uh, eroticism poured forth from a film no. that ultimately ended up not really going anywhere. No, that's that's part of it. Like they, it's it's like this whole movie is is every scene is doing its hardest uh to try and get you to care about something that is just not worth caring about mm-hmm. whether it's the direction or if it's the sexiness or if it's the intrigue or if it's the murder or whatnot they are pulling out all the stops and none of it works weight of water is Catherine Bigelow came out in 2001 although i think it didn't come out in america until about like 2004 or something like that it it, it premiered at all the festivals in 2001 it was filmed in 2000 uh but it stars a whole bunch of people here. Hold on a second. Let me look at this. Stars Elizabeth Hurley, Catherine McCormick, Sean Penn, Sarah Poli. It's filmed in Nova Scotia. Yeah, it premiered at the 2000 Toronto International Film Festival. It was not released in the U.S. until 2002. It's currently at 35% on the tomometer, tomato meter uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's at 38% on the audience score. The critical consensus is the story is too muddled to build any interest. And this, uh, the film is about, let me scroll down here and say this, journalist Jean Janes <laughs> begins researching the, 19, wow. uh, the 1873 axe murder of two sisters and discovers new information in the case. Meanwhile, her marriage to writer Thomas begins to fall apart. So we're going to talk about this one, Clay. Let's take a break. We're going to play the trailer for everybody. Uh, if you're not interested, you can skip ahead safely, I think, two minutes, and then we'll get back to it. But we're going to take a break, play the trailer, and then we're going to come back and break down the weight of water. Based on the number one best-selling novel. This is it. Two women were discovered in the kitchen, strangled and bludgeoned with an axe. She came to the island to do a story. I think the killer was in love with one of the women. That was an act of passion. About a murder that happened long ago. I told my sister to run, but she said she was too tired. Using an axe requires intimacy. Think about how close you have to be to your victim. Now, secrets are surfacing. I was thinking about what keeps people together. So how did you two meet? Desires are stirring. When I told her to go and to look for help. Thomas! What? She said she could not. And the truth. How did he know the women would be alone? Isn't the only thing. What's going on? What's going on with you? To fear. Something's going to happen. From the director of K-19 Widowmaker and Strange Days, Academy Award nominee Sean Penn, Sarah Polly, Elizabeth Hurley, Catherine McCormick, and Josh Lucas. 
of water. There are times in your life when you sense that something is about to happen. And at the same time, you realize it already has. You know, Clay, we've watched um, we've watched a lot of bad movies doing this one. This was the first one I felt that uh, it tricked me into thinking I might not be smart enough to get what this movie is doing, or I'm mm. always on the precipice of thinking that something is going to happen out of it. <laughs> we, we, I, I wouldn't say this movie is bad particularly. I would. You, you would say it was bad. Yes. I, I maybe I guess we'll just disagree there. I guess that'll be the the point of contention. I guess, but I I found it watchable. And I wouldn't say I was like fulfilled or anything when it was over. And I would ne- definitely never recommend anyone watch this for any reason. But I wasn't. Um, I, I it wasn't like appallingly made. It felt like it was always right on the edge of being something. It felt like it was there. It was like right there to realize that it was going to be about something or it was going to be interesting in the way that the stories are flashing back and forth. And then it all just kind of fell flat at the end. And uh, the ending actually kind of undoes a whole lot. I think that the beginning starts to build up, but it's, it's a strange movie. It's, it's, it, it, I think it says a lot about Bigelow too, where, I was not aware that this movie existed. I definitely didn't know that she directed it. And she's kind of a weird director in that she doesn't really have a thing, I don't think. Like, she doesn't... Well, she does now. She does now, I think, yeah. I think that this movie is kind of like her Dune, where uh, she kind of had a thing before, even though it was a little bit less defined, but you could kind of string together her previous movies. And then this seemed like the swing at the art film. And it just, it didn't work. And then she's like, oh, well, I guess I know that this isn't my thing. Back to dudes uh, shooting go, each other. Let's go, yeah, let's go back to the action movies. <laughs> yeah, because it is a it is an art house movie. Um, and it's it's not an action movie in any sense. I, I think it's like, my, my sense is that she was going for some sort of, I, I don't want to say erotic thriller, because that makes you think mm-hmm. of like showgirls and stuff like that. But it's like some sort of... Um, the only person that comes to mind that I can think of is something like, I think her name is Jean Champion, right? Or Campion or something like that. Mm-hmm. She does these sort of brooding um, stories about women that are kind of filled with this, like, it's that woman take of sexuality where there's like no sex actually happening. It's just like implied mm-hmm. sex is, is happening mm-hmm. all the time. And it felt like it was trying to be that, except... If that's the case, I have to say that Elizabeth Hurley actually did the best job out of anyone in this movie, but it, it doesn't feel All like she it had really... to do was be shot in close up blowing something. Yeah, she she sucks on pretty much everything that's on set in, in this yeah, movie and they it's, they it's film pretty it. gross. <laughs> and uh yeah, but I, like I it's not sexy enough to really be like that's the point of it even though it is all about like sex and jealousy and things like that. It doesn't it never feels like it really lands on anything. I guess the main problem there is because I'm not the first person to say this. The problem is that they jump back and forth between these two stories throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. I I much preferred the historical story than the one with Sean Penn and them sitting on the boat. Yeah, because the only thing it's the only one where anything happens. Yeah. If you if you took the historical story out of this, it's literally forty minutes of people sitting on a boat drinking wine. Mm-hmm. And, and let's get the nitpicks out of the way. They are off the coast of Maine. Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why is this boat like they're in the Caribbean, where they're jumping into the water and sunbathing? And- I don't know that that whole, like that 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 whole sequence at the end. You can see land, right? When it's they're stuck like in the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're stuck in po- 
it's like they're stuck in the Portland Harbor. It's not <laughs> they're not like in the middle of the open ocean or anything. Me and Amy, you know? me and Amy were, were we were sitting there watching it, going like, "Oh Jesus!" Like this hurricane came out of nowhere, and then it cuts to them outside, and they are they're literally fifty yards from the shore. It's like just just crash the boat into the shore yeah. and get out of there. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're. I don't. I don't. I assume that that pump that breaks at the end is something that pumps the water out of the of the ship or something. Yes, the bilge pump. I guarantee yeah. you. I guarantee you. You aim that ship at land. You're going to hit land before that <laughs> boat gets filled up with water because uh, they are not that far away. I, I didn't even. I spent the whole movie thinking they were in the Caribbean. That, like, there's no reason to think that they are, except for the fact that they're dressed and acting like it's 105 degrees outside yeah. all the time. Well, and they shoot it that way too. Like the stuff that they're the the place that the that they're hanging out. Like if you've if you've ever hung out on a boat in in Maine, there's like 150 other boats within like rock throwing distance of you. Yeah, yeah. And and the places you're hanging out don't really look like the. There's Caribbean. no blue water. There's no blue water in yeah. Maine. Yeah, yeah. And like the rock, the rocks don't have that feel to it. Yeah, it very much feels like they are out somewhere exotic when they are very much not. Yeah, it's it's really strange, but you you know that they are because they're investigating this other story, which obviously takes place in Maine. Like it's it's much more. Are they? Because from my point, my uh, uh, standpoint, the only person who gives a shit about this story is Gene. Yes, and that's my first thing on my list about why this movie doesn't work. Is because if you because I have a lot of things to say about the way that this movie is written and structured, um, the fact that she is the only person who gives a shit about this story to the point where, and even when she brings it up, nobody else seems to care is not really a good way to get your audience to care about the story she's investigating. Yes, and um, ultimately, and she's just a photographer, uh, right? Can you can you is she a journalist or a photographer? Who's she's taking, a photographer? Okay, yeah. I don't even really know why she's doing this, other than the fact that she's interested in it. <laughs> well, she's she got a job to do this, right? I assume she's getting paid for this. I don't know. You don't know? Maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. She has the original um, documents. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah she she goes to the friggin' uh, House of Records and steals something. I don't know exactly. I can't exactly remember what she steals because I, I kind of my eyes glazed over the, at that point. The but. guy. Um, the, the I think its name is Josh Lucas or something. Who's one of the, who's one of those? Oh, it's oh, it's that guy uh, role in this. Yeah, he has yep. some line. He's like, these are the original documents. It's like, why are yes. you folding them in half then? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it's also it's sort of a uh, it comes in it, it, it's it's from the year two thousand. It's kind of the last gasp of the quote unquote adult film, and I don't mean that like a porno. I mean like in the nineties. There was a big uh, groundswell of very popular movies that were very specifically adult movies. Uh, most of them starred Michael Douglas, and uh, it, it, they were, you know, they were uh, dealt with adult things. They were pretty steamy. Um, Would you say this fits into that mold, though? Like, I that's kind of what I was thinking about. The what's that? The guy who wrote Showgirls? What's his name? Ersthausen or something like that. Oh yeah, uh, I can't remember. Whatever that guy is, who wrote all of those, he wrote like Basic Instinct, I mm-hmm. think, and things yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I Joe feel, Esterhouse. Joe there Esterhouse. That's yeah. that's kind of what I feel like, but I don't feel that the movie itself is well like those movies. It's not like I, a Michael Douglas movie. No, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think the the swell of these things was exclusive to those types of movies. But I because uh, you know I feel like this has a lot of, uh, or I think you could could say this has a bit of um, sex lies and videotape in it uh, where, you know, it's about four people 
adults all around the same age having like tense but frank discussions about their relationships with each other and how sex falls into it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Except they yeah. don't have any really – nobody really talks to each other in this movie. No, that's, that's um, the strange thing. No one talks to each other. <laughs> Uh, you know, you've got like Eyes Wide Shut. It actually reminded me the most of Eyes Wide Shut. Um, and it feels like Eyes Wide Shut not done well. Um, Interesting. And that's just that's just the the, the Jane uh, present day stuff. Um, but yeah, like you've got these characters. It's, you know, like you said, it's very much an art house film. You've got Sean Penn playing essentially what I think Sean Penn thinks he is in real life. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, you know, a mustachioed poet who... This movie, this movie posits a world where poets are recognized on the street. Yes, by just people on the street will recognize a poet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's which is hilarious. Yep. The only poet that you could that you would ever recognize on the street is Maya Angelou. Maybe I was going to say Bill Shakespeare, just like a picture of him or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, he has to be dead for four hundred years and be the most famous writer ever <laughs> to live. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's just it's one of those. Th- I think we've talked about that before. Where how it's it's so funny how movies that take place. That feature someone with a very specific um, uh, uh, career that is not necessarily a mainstream career. That movie always posits a world where everybody knows who this person is, even if that's completely preposterous. A lot of bad movies – one thing this podcast has been showing me, a lot of bad movies have very similar tropes to each other. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, It's like like there are just these pitfalls that you have to avoid in order to um, stay out of the – the gully or whatever. And that that's one of them. It's like making up this world where you're distracted by how famous and recognizable someone with a non-famous job is. And it, it's, yeah. it's just very strange to me that they, yeah, that they, they stick to things like that. And it just feels like the, to me, that's the big defining difference between the two stories is that the, the real world or the, the future story, which is the one with Sean Penn and Elizabeth Hurley in it, um, feels like a soap opera to me. And sure. the the historical one I think works better because it actually feels like a real story uh, there. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think the problem is you could split both of these stories out, and if you flesh them out, you might have something for each of them. Yes. But they combine them, and this is based on a book, so this is obviously like it's one of those things where the book obviously seems like it would be better, where you'd be able to track these stories more effectively in a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, it's very jarring when they cut between each other, and you always feel like. Whenever they make a cut, it does that horrible thing a movie can do with multiple storylines where you want to go back to the other story. You don't want to go into this new story when mm-hmm. they're cutting, even mm-hmm. though they just keep bouncing back and forth between the two of them. But I was I was much more impressed with the historical fiction one, even if that one similarly has um, silly movie problems where they are immigrants to America who come over and they are speaking English to each other in the movie. Mm-hmm. However, they're speaking accented English. So mm-hmm. the implication there is that they are truly speaking English and it's not that they just don't want to subtitle it to the audience. They, they're pretending that these immigrants who all come from the same community and speak a common language are fake, are fumbling their way through English t- together to sort of yeah. like fit in or something. It's one of those strange things. Yeah. I feel like you gotta, I don't know, you gotta do something. You can't just have them speaking like normal people, you know? You have to put a little bit of a, a twang on oh, it. Oh, I, I um, definitely just have them speaking. I would start them in <sighs> subtitles and then switch it half, after a scene to English and just have them speak normal English. Interesting. Because I was gonna say, uh, as, as, we, as I mentioned on the last Patreon podcast, I've been watching a lot of Vikings lately, and uh, they actually go back and forth. So, um, 
when the, the the Nordic people are talking to each other, they're talking in English, but they do have an accent kind of similar to the way they do it in this. But if those people are then talking to the English, then uh, it's subtitled in Nordic yeah. or Norse or whatever it is. It's like you know, whatever. It's like the Star Swedish Trek uh, communicator thing. Just like it, it works when it needs to, and if it doesn't, you're made aware of it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's fine. I think I think doing it normal would take you out of it too much because I think you're you're trying to, especially if you're doing something that is um, uh, a, a historical piece like this. There needs to be an element of exoticism to it. Yeah. And I think yeah. just having them speak as though uh, they, you know, Sarah Polly speaking like she's from New Jersey would be a little bit distracting. Um, but you know, I guess it's a personal. It's a personal. Choice. Yeah, these are all these are all kind of the minor qualms. I think there are bigger issues with it, but there are also reasons that I kind of <clears throat> didn't want to. You know, I didn't dislike it. I suppose. So why don't you go into the reasons that you thought it was uh, pretty bad, and I'll see if I can right, defend myself. See. I need to uh, uh, get my get a stretch on a little bit before I get into this. Um, so uh, first, before we get into this, did Sean Penn's character cheat on his wife? It's unclear. Unclear. Is that because of uh, – do, do we think that Elizabeth Hurley saying Thomas spoke a, a lot about you means that – is she – is that to imply that they slept together or is that a slip of her tongue because she's sick? Uh, I think or is, it's, that, is that the point? Is I, that, that it's – I think it's to – like I, I, I read it as an implication that the – main character gene the wife is seeing suspicion where it might not actually exist like i i i'll i can follow you down that path and everything i I would say that my problem with it is that the storylines don't seem to mesh on this so i don't know why what you're supposed to think about it where in the case of the historical fiction thing it's very clear what has happened and what hasn't happened uh, right certainly by the end of it in the real world it's hazy so it's almost like they're playing off of this like she's living the memory and not sure of what it actually means. However, I don't know what that serves story-wise if I'm unsure of what's happening in the real world there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And I think, I think one of the big problems when you're doing something like this, when you're, when you're doing a story about someone who is investigating something that happened a long time ago, well past the point of anybody giving a shit. And like, there's nothing that she could have found that would change anything. Right. It's not like her finding out that the, the girl killed them means anything right you know it's not like they're going to change the the public record or anything no clarifies the history books that's about it yeah you have to the the, whatever she discovers in the story that she discovers has to in has to uh have some impact on the main story and i don't feel that it does that very well and i think one of the reasons that it doesn't do that very well is generally if you keep cutting back and forth the way they do you need to have some sort of relationship or tone similarity to the things um, that you're being shown juxtaposed together to a point where since there is no story pretty much to speak of with the Jane stuff, I'm just going to call it the Jane story. um, There's nothing to move forward. I'm sorry. Since there, since there's really no story there, all your movement and your tone movement and your character movement for her Seems like it should be coming from the stuff that she's digging up, but it nothing really seems contextualized with anything. Uh, but it, is in her it story. not? Is it not just that she is getting so into this story that she's starting to f- see suspicion 
in her relationship. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, uh, so another thing is the flashbacks are all over the place, point of view style. I don't know. Are we? Are, is she reading a diary? Because you've got flashbacks to this person doing voiceover, which is essentially seems like it's a diary. But then you've also got her giving testimony, which it seems like she's telling the story of what happened. But ultimately, that doesn't seem to be the case either way. I think, so, yeah, I think it's just a it's a amalgam of historical documents. So she's got like journals, she's got lawyer testimony and things like that. I, I, I saw her as kind of a historian who's got all these sources and she's putting it together. And, well, I think the way that, that they kind of seem to present it up to a point is that she's some sort of unreliable narrator, which doesn't seem to be the case because they've got like five different things going at the same time, point of view wise, you know? Who do you think is unreliable, Gene or the old historical main character? Yeah, the, uh, the historical story. Okay. So if I want to get into why this doesn't work for me, why the parallel storytelling doesn't work, I have, you know, a, a bunch of reasons. I think no one in the story, no one in the movie besides Gene gives a shit about the murder, so why should anybody else? Uh, since no one gives a shit, it needs to be that much more A, interesting, or B, tied to the narrative of Gene, which I don't think that it is. Uh, I think that, like I said, the POV of the flashbacks is all over the place to the point that it just feels like a different movie. Like you were saying, I think you could take that section out and make it its own movie. It would probably be short, but I think it would probably do better, um, as its own thing than trying to tie it to whatever else is going on here. Right. Um, since they give you the real killer so early, it becomes about the why, which means that the eventual why has to be powerful enough of a reveal that it recontextualizes everything before it and contextualizes its connection to the gene story, which it doesn't. No, I'd agree with that. Um, And a lot of this is because the gene plot is boring, the characters suck, and it's kind of confusing exactly what's going on or why we should care. I mean, like I said, did Thomas cheat or was Adelaide saying things, a slip of the tongue or whatever? Is is, Uh, is is it supposed to be like an eyes wide shut scenario where it's gene – projecting on stuff that isn't actually happening. Did Gene have a um, thing with Sean Penn's brother? They have one conversation. I don't, know. I don't that think it seems, so. But it, I, like, it's all so hazy. I have to imagine that that's intentional for, for better or for worse. And I, <clears throat> I don't know what it serves to have it be that hazy and that confused, but it seems like the, the scene between them and like the, the future tense with Sean Penn and everything is every scene feels like it's intentionally lacking information that would clue you into what is going on. And especially I think Sean Penn has a scene with his brother at the very end where they say mm-hmm. something to that. Like they, his brother kind of mentioned something that hasn't been seen in the movie and you're supposed to take him at face value. It's the, the scene where Sean Penn is like, maybe I shouldn't have come and everyone would be having a better time, which isn't really even portrayed in the movie that much. It, it doesn't feel like no. Sean Penn is the one who's ruining their vacation. It feels like they all kind of don't like each other, uh, you know, and, so it, it's. I mean, I would argue that they seem like they do kind of like each other, and that, but they just have Gene going off and digging up documents <laughs> all the time instead of just hanging on the boat getting drunk. Can't argue with that. I'm, I'm and so I, I guess I'm stuck in this difficult position where I, I completely agree that the the flashing between the stories doesn't work. There is no thematic tie between these two mm. things that are going on, and that's <clears throat> excuse me, hugely a problem for this movie. There was something about it. it. Eyes Wide Shut is a good callback because I think Eyes Wide Shut is actually a great movie and it's much better. Oh, than, me too. It, I love it. It's yeah, much better it's than fantastic. this. But 
there's something about the the weird tone that was going on that I found appealing, and that's that's really why I like Eyes Wide Shut so much. I just think that the tone mm-hmm. in that movie actually makes sense and it, it works for it in a way that tone doesn't work here. But I found it similarly like appealing for some reason, and I don't know, like it it it, it never really came together. And I, I completely agree that they need to link these two things to, back to each other. But I guess I spent the entire movie thinking it was going to happen and it never did. And when it didn't resolve at the end, it didn't impact me in a way that I cared too much. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't care about the movie all that much. But yeah, that's I problem. think that's the problem is that you don't you don't care. It's, it seems like it's trying to be clever and like make a point and, you know, link these two stories together. But it, it there's really not anything going on there because, I mean, they they intercut. I, I feel like it's most egregious at the end when they start intercutting the actual murder with the hurricane, which is incredibly contrived, you know, front to back. Um, and it, it seems like it's supposed to be this weird mirroring thing of Sarah Pauly's character being driven to murder because her sister found misunderstood why she was sleeping with this woman and you've got uh she's already been sent away to america because of incest had sex with her brother yep uh so it just gets really weird and, and contrived over there and so she kills her sister out because of this um really goes at her with that chair some some yeah, real <laughs> i mean she goes zero to high violence like that you know to to take a line from Miami Vice I, I like um, when um it's another kind of the movie's kind of filled with weird tropey things like hitting someone with a, a chair basically like incapacitate like she's hitting her in the back with the chair yeah, but it just like incapacitates yeah. the person and they're knocked well you know back then they made things a lot more solid it's than true. they do now it's so real craftsman real craftsman yeah, it's, it's not a WWE <laughs> chair uh but yeah like they're 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 cutting back and forth like the cuts become quicker and quicker timeline to timeline to imply that there's a connection here thematically or otherwise. And I don't really know what it's supposed to be because it seems to me that Gene is jealous of Elizabeth Hurley's character for things that she thinks is going on to the point where, you know, assuming that, what what Adel, uh, what Elizabeth Hurley says in the boat about Thomas wanted me to meet you or you know Thomas talks about you yep. is either a misheard or b completely imagined. Um, she's acting on jealousy that is completely fabricated to the point where she's going to let this woman be killed. Yes, and how I don't understand how that's supposed to link to th- this woman killing th- killing two people and and uh um framing a third because she doesn't want it to get out that she had sex with her brother. Yes. I no I I I can't defend that. And I think that the the, the ending is actually pretty the ending is probably the worst part because I think it takes a lot of art house influences at that point and kind of runs with them like the the hurricane coming out of nowhere is one thing. Elizabeth Hurley coming up to the deck during the middle of the storm in her like nightgown for some reason and then falls mm-hmm. over the edge. It's like it's one of the, like why is she coming out at that point? What is she doing yeah. around there? Yeah. It, it's all very, you know, it's slow motion camera and it's very dramatic and it's like, oh, don't fall. Also, I do love in the middle of this hurricane, Josh Lucas is like, hey, you, 
woman who's never been on a boat probably <laughs> before. We're in the middle of this crazy hurricane. Try to steer this boat. <laughs> that's that's when I feel it goes off the rails a lot. And I I agree that there's no link. Like the a better movie would somehow link murder to murder or something like that, or at least yeah. the thought yeah. of murder, like I'm going to kill this person because of this thing. But they are so disconnected. I wonder... I wonder what the change from the book must have been, because I'd have a hard time, even if I understand how this would work better in a book, Mm -hmm. I I don't really understand thematically what the link is between them there, besides just jealousy of things. And if it's jealousy, I feel that, I I feel, I feel that the movie's about jealousy. And I think that the, the modern day stuff works in terms of jealousy, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. translate into the old timey stuff because it's not, the jealousy there is like one step removed from who actually gets killed. She's jealous of her brother and his brother, her brother's wife, but the jealousy doesn't really tie into the violence of that side of the story. Like it, it kind of does, but it, if it's all sort of muddled up with this murder mystery and things like that, so you you lose track of what's going on. But I like the the thing I like about the Sean Penn side is that because nothing is stated, it makes this very art house statement about jealousy and how jealousy could conceptually just be in your head without you knowing of what's sure. going on. And they do sure. things like they even have sort of like horrible camera sh- the the um the thing where Elizabeth Hurley is sucking on the ice cubes and then rubs yeah. rubs them on her tits and like Sean Penn is saying that they do Bigelow moves the camera so that when she puts the ice cube back in her mouth it, it it's framed so that Penn is standing with his waist in her mouth. Mm. like you know it's like and so it's the main character is seeing this perspective and thinking about it i like that stuff it's not particularly subtle it's not particularly like interesting directing or anything or it's like not obvious but if the jealousy angle had been built into the historical fiction it would have worked better however the historical side works better as a standalone story i think so you're you're left with this like two competing things that don't really compete uh complete each other by the end of the story yeah i think that i think the link probably would have been a little stronger if it had if it had just been established that she was reading the girl's diary. So you're getting the, the, the real story from the girl. And so you're getting all of the feelings. She's reading all of these feelings coming from this girl, you know, writing her confession, essentially. Right. That way, you at least have a link between how this woman was feeling back then, the way that she was treated uh, and the jealousy that she had that led her to murder, which... I I mean it doesn't really make the the movie better because I mean you're still positing that reading this diary drives J- <laughs> Catherine McCormick insane to the point where she tries to murder her brother-in-law's girlfriend. Right. Yep. Um also, uh Josh Lucas really holding it down as guy with nothing to do in this movie because he <laughs> he's like n- not even there. He has nothing to do in this movie. He's barely a character. He's there to bring Elizabeth Hurley, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. Uh, but um, th- like their their vacation, their vacation by itself doesn't make any sense. Like, who invited who on this vacation? She, she the the main character, must have invited uh, her brother in law and Elizabeth Hurley, right? So it sounds from from what she says at the beginning and the end, it sounds like she was going to go do research on this thing. She knew that Josh Lucas had a boat, so they were like, "Why don't we?" get together. Okay. Um which also makes me curious because you have to assume then I guess that Josh Lucas is probably from the area? 
Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, he, sailed, he sailed up quite a ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have done that, but you would assume he's from the area to some extent and would have like Coast Guard stuff on his boat. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the, the other really interesting thing to me is how, you know, I think the I, – I haven't read the book, obviously. I don't know if the book does it any better, but it feels like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff left out because – where you're seeing art house handling of stuff, I'm f- I'm seeing there's not enough time to get into any of these characters at all. So you're, you're specifically ta- are you talking about one side of the story or both? I'm talking about uh, uh, the 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 Jane storyline, the modern day stuff. Okay, because you've got this whole thing going on with Sean Penn's character, uh, where it, it you get told this story about how he killed a girl in a car accident because he was drunk driving, and then he ultimately ends up finding this weird backhanded redemption because he saves Elizabeth Hurley's life, um, which is only happens because his wife tries to kill her. Yes. Uh, it's just a weird, like thematically, I just don't know what's going on here. Uh, and, and Tom, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Sean Penn. I keep, I wanted to say Tom Jane because that's actually <laughs> the name of his character. Uh, Sean Penn doesn't do anything to the point where he really has a character. He's just one of those characters that bums around and other people talk about. Yeah. He's a cliche poet. Like he's, yeah. he, he likes to recite his own poetry and smoke cigarettes and look out at the water. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's only there to, you know, get turned on by Elizabeth Hurley and whether or not they hooked up is vague. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think if they had done that by itself, maybe it, it's a, a little bit more of a satisfying story, but it's just, yeah, it just doesn't work. I mean, I was thinking about towards the end of this, I was thinking about this <laughs> versus um, uh, uh, Nocturnal Creatures mm. and how well the cutting back and forth of, I mean, obviously that's written specifically about the events and whatever, but how well that cutting back and forth to different stories works where this one just doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a really, it's a really muddled movie that, uh, I don't really know what it's trying to say or the point it's trying to make. And I feel like they're, like I said at the beginning, they're doing a lot of heavy lifting with style and stuff to try and, and make it seem like it's more saying something more, uh, interesting than it is like the, the thing at the, I don't know, like the, you, you, you get to when you get to the why of the murder, which is essentially what the movie is. That story is about is learning the why she killed these people, and it's like, oh, she's having an incestual relationship with her brother, uh, or or had, and gets discovered in bed with another woman, and it, it's just it feels like sensational because they didn't have anything else to really make that stick. They didn't, right. didn't stick the landing, so they had to make it extra sensational. You know? Yep. Yep. And it's it's just so it's as you, it's sensational and just um it feels just tacked on to yeah. that in a way that it's um distracting because it doesn't tie into anything that you thought was going on because there is no incest over on the other side of the story like there's no. nothing there's nothing weird going on there so it doesn't have any kind of insight into what's going on in the Sean Penn side of the story which feels much more like a straight ahead art house jealousy examination. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think would would it not have been a more interesting angle to go uh, where um, Catherine McCormick is 
is getting taken over by this story where she's like she's reading into the jealousy of the of the story from the past and it's it's kind of influencing the way that she's reading everything else and then she gets to the end and she's like whoa whoa no no man this is not what i thought it was you know like like that at least would have a little bit more uh oh i see so she realized by realizing the truth of the other story she sort of knocks her sense into reality on her side yeah yeah, so like when when it seems like she's reading uh, this story of like a woman driven to to a passionate murder because of you know forbidden love and it's like oh no this woman is fucked up this is a murderer who killed three people essentially because she's having an incestuous relationship this does not apply to me <laughs> this is this is not something that i can i can find uh uh, companionship with this person who's been dead for 150 years. She you know, sh- it, shuts the book. He's like, so you, uh, you guys want to go swimming or something? Just then, yeah, roll, roll kinda. Credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would kind of be more satisfying if she got to the end and she was like, you know what? Maybe I don't really want to kill this woman who I don't know and don't actually have any proof that she did anything. What's um. What's your guess as to what the sex is about in this movie? There's a lot of strange sex scenes as i mentioned at the top there's not a lot of sex in it yeah um i i would like to talk about with that in mind Sieran Hines' character which is one of the most hilarious characters i think i've ever seen in a movie where he's (laughs) you're talking about louis Louis wagner what's that louis wagner the murderer the uh, the accused murderer yes yes Yeah. yeah we're introduced to him as like this uh ship ship hand or whatever farm hand Who's uh who's from Germany? Who's staying in the house, and, which is like traditionally seems like the role to be played by like a young hot yeah. dude or something <laughs> who can do the work. <laughs> yeah, and the, the first scene is him up in the fucking attic, and he's like, "Oh, my rheumatoid arthritis is is I can feel it. It's coming back. I'm going to have an attack. Could you please help me over to this bed? Oh, it's so sexy. Arthritis is so sexy. Is it not? Like he's 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 pulling the arthritis card to get this woman into bed. <laughs> Could you please rub my sore, swollen, arthritic joints, please? Why? It's like, what the fuck is this guy supposed to do? Is Why? he supposed to seem like a threat at all, or what? What's going on? Why did he? Why did they hire him? Is are they hiring him? Like, what is he doing in the house at that point? And you understand that the woman can't speak up or something, but they're like. You know, when you're going for laborers down into town, the guy with rheumatoid arthritis is the one that you're going to be picking yeah. up and bringing back in the home. And then he also, the strangest scene, I think, is that he he either assaults or rapes the brother's wife at, yeah. at, at a point. That's, right? That also is a little unclear as to what exactly happens. So, why? And that one, that one's hilarious, too. I mean, obviously, the act is not funny, but it's like she sends her... Her sister-in-law upstairs, and he's like, oh, but you tell me a story before I go to bed. <laughs> my, my and then they, like, hard cut to the sounds of people getting thumps. tossed around yeah. on the floor upstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's the, like, the, I guess that Tell me a in- story while I groan about my arthritic knees. <laughs> This, do you want to see them? I can pull up my skirt a little higher for this, you. This, this soup is delicious. Uh, he's, it makes everything below the waist just swell up so much. The I guess that ties into the sex thing because to me this feels like they include like every kind of sexual encounter you could have, but there's no reason for all of it yeah. outside of the fact well, that it's like supposed to be like an erotic thing. Like there's there's the attempted rape. There's the attempted hookup, 
behind the scenes as incestuous yeah, I don't, love. I don't know if it's super erotic because the other sex they include is just her looking face face. Yeah. Her looking away <laughs> while her husband face in a pillow is just plowing her. <laughs> and it's not exactly the sexiest sex scene ever. And I, obviously it's not supposed to be. And that's, you know, that's the weird thing too. And I mean, maybe that's part of the theme that the just thesis? doesn't. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, maybe it's part of the theme that doesn't land. Cause it's, it, it feels like they're going for this weird, um, oppression uh by ma- uh men controlling the women's sexuality yes which i understand to a point but i don't know, i don't know how having her have sex with her brother really supports that right or you know or like, how that ties into the modern relationships because i don't feel that that's a problem there not that it's not a problem well, unless in modern. i mean i guess uh, if you really wanted to stretch it you could say that the connection there is that uh uh Catherine McCormick's character is somehow sexually repressed or oppressed by how sexy her poet husband is or something. Cause he's, you know, she, Elizabeth Hurley's throwing herself at him and that, you know, girl who is apparently has a subscription to hot poets weekly yeah, poet, poet uh, magazine. recognizes him at a fucking vineyard or something. Well, why does she stop having sex? Why does, yeah, I was just going to say it's kind of undercut a little bit by that because he actually seeks her out to kind of reconnect with her and she pushes him away. Yeah. And he, and and she's like, not now I'm reading about rheumatoid arthritis. (laughs) John Ben's like, thank God I got no rheumatoid arthritis in these hands. That's that's another instance too, where it's like, okay, if you're going down that road, right. And you've got, he's coming to try and reconnect with her and she pushes him away because she's in the middle of reading this story about this woman whose, you know, body and uh, sexual autonomy was controlled by all these other men in her life. Okay, I can kind of get that, but then at the end, when she figures out what's going on, she should kind of be like, "Oh, maybe I, maybe I came at this from the wrong perspective here. I'm not, I'm not really sure." Like, there's no, she doesn't. I feel like she doesn't learn anything from this story, like she should, you know? Right. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very confused about the sex angle in it. Why not like, just make it a woman? Why does it have to be the brother? Like they set it up so easily for it to be a lesbian thing. Sure, you know, like why? What you know? If why? Why don't? Because the way that they play it out too is, oh, she got discovered with her brother, and so the sister tells their dad, and then the dad immediately marries her off to some guy that she doesn't like, and you know who's you know raw dogging her um, to to everyone's displeasure, uh, <laughs> viewers and characters alike. Um, and the thing that sets off the sister again is she ends up in bed with the with the sister in law in a very non sexual manner, uh, and the the sister loses her mind and she, she literally she uh, sorry Sarah Polly, her character literally gets sent to America to get away from these quote unquote sins. Why not just stop it at, at her being a lesbian? I feel like that's I feel like good it's enough. more plausible, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like it's good enough, and it doesn't. It, frankly, it's less icky. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. like why go? Why go the incest route? Well, then why? Yeah, I guess because she could kill them over the same thing about being exposed yeah. as a lesbian or something. Yeah, so it doesn't make much of a change there. Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel like then you've got more of a through line of this woman who's you know uh, sexual 
being is being uh, controlled and oppressed by the the other people in her life, and then finally it causes her to snap, which is a much more tragic story. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make her um, innocent of what she did, but it's definitely a more tragic story of of why she does this. Um, but with that in mind, even that, I'm not totally sure how that lines up with the other story. I, I guess you could argue, if that was the case, that the other story is her sexuality is being controlled by other people, but totally in her mind. It's it's all these things of whenever you try to thematically connect the stories, it's always one level removed from that on the other side. There's always like one step that you have to take to make the dots connect. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's that's the problem is that there's no clean link between either side of this that I, I feel that there there definitely should have been. But and I feel like there's so many interesting ways that you could have done it. And not, it's not like it's difficult to link it, really. You just have to kind of make a small change to some of the scripts on each side, and it's a done deal, in my opinion. But yeah. th- that seems to be the, to be the most interesting, if, is if, you, if it's about lack of sexual control through this historical event, and then that ties into a kind of like jealousy mindset on the main side, I'd be down with that. But they have all those scenes that just undercut that thing, uh, like the Sean Penn hooking up in the library scene or whatever. And then yeah. the, the other thing, the incestual brother relationship. It's it's strange. Yeah. It felt like they just needed more. And there was studio saying more and more. And she's like, well, sex with a brother. We can throw that in. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. And like I, I, you've you've got this all of this tension they're trying to build in the in the Sean Penn, you know, modern day stuff. But, you know, like you said, it feels like all of this tension is brewing around stuff that nobody's talking about, but nobody ever talks about it. So it's like what it, there's uh, there's nothing to really tie the tension to because you don't really know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's strange that um, the Jean Janes, the main character, this is the first time she's meeting Elizabeth Hurley's character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't, shouldn't they have a previous relationship? that is hinted at this where this suspicion has been building because she's known her for so long. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. I, I just felt it was strange that she's just meeting her and we're supposed to assume that all of this tension has been built so quickly over. It, it feels like something that should be just kind of a drawn out like Sean Penn and Sean Penn isn't even really responsive to her. Like he's staring at her because she's topless on the boat. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not like he's like seeking her out and he, she finds Sean Penn talking to Elizabeth Hurley, like on the back of the boat. And she's like, what are you talking to her about? Stuff like that. It's, it's very subtle. And Sean Penn has this, Sean, Sean Penn's like lusty face is funny to me because it looks like a disinterested face at the same time. Like he's, 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 he's doing a lot of uh, hair acting, I suppose, to get around (laughs) all the other problems, but he's, he's not, the problem is too much in her head. Like it's too much built up of um, camera angles and framing devices and things like that. And he seems completely disinterested in everything except for yeah. ogling naked bodies, which is like, you know, it's like understandable. Like you, you yeah. just be like, well, of course he's going to look at her. She's topless on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Are you just saying that? Cause you want me to agree? Cause Amy's in the room. With <laughs> That's you. right. She's she's glaring at me right now. Elizabeth Hurley is um, uh, very sexy in this though. This is maybe her best work I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, they picked the right actress for this, that role. They I can did. tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but like even, even there though, it's, it's like, you know, they, they have this weird kind of intercut scene of, of, uh, Catherine McCormick, um, overhearing, Josh Lucas and, and and Elizabeth Hurley having sex and she's like awake and she's like listening to it and can't deal with it. And then she like pokes Sean Penn 
And he's like, listen, I, I can't get to sleep at all. I'm having a miserable time. It's not like it's not like he's wide awake listening to his brother bang his girlfriend that he has the hot <laughs> right, that he is the like hot rubbing yeah. himself or something. You or, know, it's or the other way to take that is that that scene I see more standardly played out is she wakes him up and they have sex vicariously through hearing the other people have right. sex. Right. Or but she wants she wants up. to talk about the, she wants to talk about the historical events and he's like I need to go to fuck to bed. I can't sleep. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's it's very strange the way that they play that cuz there's this like immediate je- I th- I think it's not even um I don't even think it's it's a coincidence that the two actresses look fairly similar. Mm-hmm. I think there's supposed to be some sort of like Liz Hurley is the newer hotter model kind of thing. Um, but even that feels kind of contrived because yeah, Sean Penn is like, he doesn't do anything. And it's, it's, I, I guess that's, if you want to go the eyes wide shut route and be like, that's the point. I don't think that they really get into that strongly enough to make that point. Um, and like, it, it, it's, I, I, I agree with what you're saying where I think it would make sense if, if they knew her more, um, but it's it's just like they set up the brother as this like guy who's always showing up with a new hot chick whose yes. nipples are apparently always hard. Yep. Um, and it's supposed to be jarring, and it's that she's not supposed to be ready for it. Um, but it just, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what her what uh, uh, Jean Jane, which is really bad. <laughs> it's character. a terrible name. <laughs> um, what her path is really supposed to be here what uh or anybody's path really what's what's sean penn's path aside no, from this no. weird you know like i said this weird backhanded redemption that he gets without earning it really at all um and i you know there's that other scene where uh you know you you were talking about how she gets mad because he's talking to elizabeth hurley and he's like oh what are you talking to her about there's that scene where he's talking about their daughter who almost died and like sharing these intimate details and stuff. Um, yes. Mirrored with uh, Catherine McCormick recounting the first time that they met and Sean Penn being like, I don't remember that at all. Right. I probably just <laughs> said that. If I said that at all, I said it cause I was trying to ban you. Right. And it's, it's <laughs> like this, I don't, it's this weird sort of like, okay, I kind of get what's going on there, but they never really, go anywhere with that to the point where you feel like it earns the the uh, the attempted murder at the end right that though that <clears throat> that one's strange because what th- that scene to me calls into question i see that scene happening where sean penn dismisses her as a scene from a different movie where the his mistreatment is more prominent of her there and like the jealousy and sexual frustration builds up around that but it seems mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like more like a bad one-off line for that character than a consistent mistreatment of her. It's hard to yeah. tell, though, because, as you say, you don't really know any of the characters or what they're about in this. So it's hard to tell, like, where the like the personal violence begins and where it ends and, like, what the standing is with everybody. So Yeah, like, you don't, even, you don't even really get a good sense of where they are in their marriage. No, you whether know, they're, they're newlyweds or whatever, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, or or if or if they have problems or something like uh, they show up and they seem to be more or less fine with each other, and then as stuff happens, they seem to be more or less fine with each other. There's not like Sean Penn is such a uh, uh, his character is such a uh, a cipher 
I don't think that's the word I'm, I'm looking for. But he's he's so empty that uh, he doesn't like get into any fights with the wife or anything. No, and there's the, the scene where he, she she goes off and he's like, "I'll come with you," and she's like, "You don't have to." He says, "I'll go with yeah. you," and they both go off together. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no and conflict. then uh, and, and the scene and the one the the only time he tries to assert himself, and I mean that's probably not the word I want to use, but the only time he tries to get involved and like uh, connect with his wife, she pushes him away. So he's like, he doesn't have any really agency in what's going on because he's just no. sort of there for the ride what's uh i guess we can start wrapping this up what's uh what's one thing that you you thought worked well in this movie because you've been down on it i think you've you've convinced me this whole thing is kind of like uh gene jane's thing uh, it's all in her head for me it's all in my head yeah. here as to why i liked it but I, I really wasn't appalled by it as we were watching like we've seen some really bad movies doing uh this yeah. podcast and this i yeah. don't think this fell into that realm for me um, I, I agree that it didn't work, but was there anything that like stuck out for you as something that was actually pretty good? Um, I thought the acting was was pretty good. I thought the acting in the in the flashback stuff was was pretty solid. Um, Sarah Pauly, I thought was great. Uh, you know, she's got some weird stuff to have to weird weird lines to have to say in certain points. Yes. Um, but I think she does a really good job. Uh. The way that that stuff is shot, the the historical stuff is really nice, um, if not not particularly spectacular. Like it seems like the way they shot that stuff in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh Lucas just holding it down, just you know, the rhythm section of this movie. <laughs> him and Sean uh, Penn. Him and Sean Penn have that. It's just another thing of like, there's a lot of just weird scenes. There's a scene early on when they start their adventure, Sean Penn and uh, he and Lucas are like play wrestling as brothers yeah. would do. But apparently their relationship is fraught, but you don't yeah. know anything about that until the very end when they start throwing at each other's face. So it's not like it's a, you know, in a movie that was built, they would start playfully fighting and one of them would go too far and they would start actually fighting with each other. You right, know, it would be right. like a release of this energy that's been built up between them, but you you don't get a sense of that, so you're left with this mystery of how people are actually interacting with each other. Yeah, they drop that at the beginning too, where at like as they're going to the boat, he says something like, "Oh, great, I got to spend three days on a boat with my brother." You know, this guy. You know, yeah, one of those kind yeah. of things to kind of imply that there's a problem or whatever. And then, yeah, the next scene with them together, they're just having a good old time. <laughs> um, to and with no underlying. Tension. Problem. There's no tension. Yeah, yeah they're just no playing, tension, playing no catch problem. with each Which other. Which is fine, you know, because, I mean, that's how, you know, relationships work. I mean, that's how familial relationships work. You can kind of think your brother's a dick but have a good time with him. Uh, you know, have think he's a dick for in one minute and then have a good time in another minute and then think he's a dick again later. Um, but for the rest of the movie, they're just kind of fine with each other because yeah. Josh Lucas movies doesn't di- have movies are different anything too, to do. What's that? I'm sorry. M- m- movies are different. Like you have to have a point for them to have that kind of back and forth interaction. Right. Y- you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Josh Lucas has nothing to do. He's got no dialogue of consequence. There's no, pl- you don't really understand where his place in the story is at all. Uh, other than the, he has the boat and the girlfriend. Um, And yeah. yeah, that weird scene where she gets on the, rowboat in the middle of the night and rose to uh, island <laughs> yes yeah. yeah, muddy nose island yeah yeah where and then he swims there to find her he swims out in main waters yeah. to find her in the middle of the night yeah. and then the very next scene is the hurricane yes 
Because I remember that being a very strange juxtaposition where it's <laughs> she goes off. He swims out to find where she is. I, a, I don't know how he did that, which also does imply they are very fucking close to land. Does yes. it not? Yep, it does. He can swim there um, in the middle of the night. And the, yeah, the very next scene is the hurricane scene. And I don't even think they address if they're uh, if they just got back to the boat or if it's like the next day or something. I think it actually I think it is like they just got back to the boat because doesn't Sean Penn say something like, oh, you ran off with him or I don't know, something. Well, it's the morning, isn't it? Don't they see them in the morning or am I confused? I, I'm I, pretty sure it's like a hard cut to nighttime on the island with those two and then it's right into the hurricane. OK, yeah, I, I could mean, be I, wrong, I, but I, I, that's how I remember it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's just another one of those things. Like, how does a hurricane sneak up on you, too, in this day and age? Right, point? yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's something where uh, it seems like they should know going in that there's – they've only been there for, like, five days. So they should be able to have some sort of advanced weather report that there is a hurricane on the way. You know the hurricanes are coming. I, I think that um, – I'll just wrap this up with a thing on Bigelow. This movie's overdirected. Um, yeah, big time. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like, she's – She's clearly seeming, in my opinion, to be trying to make up for lost time and try to push what the movie is or to keep the excitement up or something. There's mm-hmm. a lot of just art housey, cut to grainy black and white footage for no yeah, reason. That was weird. Yeah. Um, like the washed out shots when the people are hiding under the rock on the beach, mm-hmm. which is mirrored in, a, in the, both the past and the, the present. Just, um, it's sort of style without any kind of foundation to it in in an attempt to really gussy things up. And it just, it it doesn't work. It doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. I think I, the, the black and white thing was weird because at first it it was, they were just doing it randomly, but then they were doing it as she was taking photographs. Yes. And I was like, so is this always a photograph thing or is it, I, I, it was a, it was a stylistic choice that was, yeah, it it wasn't really um, tied to anything that really made a lot of sense. Uh, uh, narratively or even stylistically because they only do it for like a couple times yeah yeah um, it, it, they do it so infrequently it pops out as strange when it comes up yeah. because you're, you're yeah, not there's, expecting there's it. a lot of that like the uh like you're saying the, the, that washed out stuff all of the very specific camera movements uh around elizabeth hurley putting various phallic things in her mouth mm-hmm. um <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, it's it just feels like they're trying way too hard to uh, to get you to care about something that you should that should be a lot more of an emotional connection, and it's it's really not. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can wrap it up there. Um, I had never heard of this movie before yeah, we watched neither. it, so it's interesting that this is what it is, and it um it felt super. It felt older than two thousand to me. It, yeah, big it, time. It felt like a late eighties, early nineties movie in a lot of ways. Even the way it looked, it, it, it's like it's. It feels like a movie from like 1995. The way that it, the the just the way it looks. I don't know if it's the film stock they're yeah, using. Yeah, I think what, it's a film it, stock thing. It looks very, it looks very old. Uh, the stock. Yeah, and the using. opening credits felt like 1997 yes, tops. Yes, you know, low budget 1997. I would, argue, yeah. yeah, very, very strange. So it's yeah, it was um, it was interesting to to watch, and I just I think my takeaway is really just Bigelow's kind of lack of a she she has a type of movie she does but she can certainly branch out into other things obviously not as successful here but she's she, she's not like a spielberg director where i can see a spielberg movie and you go like this mm-hmm. is clearly made by this guy um yeah. she's a little bit more um 
I don't want to say run and gun, but it's a, it's a little bit more like she goes into a genre and tries to copy it or like use the, the tropes of that genre in a different way. Like I, I don't feel her personality stamped on things in the way that I feel a lot of other big filmmakers do. Yeah, I would agree. She's, she's, she's kind of a chameleon um, in that her more recent movies feel a lot more of a piece uh, like zero dark 30 and hurt locker feel obviously very similar uh, I haven't seen Detroit, but from what I remember from the the trailers, it seemed like the same kind of like kind of faux documentary kind of style, a little bit more raw. Um, I th- Point Break, yeah, Point Break just kind of is there. Uh, it doesn't. I wouldn't. I didn't know she directed that for a very long time because mm-hmm. I I think you're right. I think it took her a long time to kind of find her thing. But I wouldn't disagree with what you're saying about the the tropes thing and, and the and the genre stuff because that seems to be kind of what she does. Like even even Point Break is a little bit of a genre inversion, and as we'll see in Near Dark, Near Dark is is uh, a, a, a big genre inversion as far as uh, vampire movies go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I um I wouldn't recommend this movie, although I don't think it was awful. Uh, you sounded like you didn't really care for it, but it, it's definitely not good. I. I was fascinated by it, I suppose, in a way that I can I can kind of comprehend the other bad movies that we've watched, like that Russell mm-hmm. Crowe comedy, and be like, this is this is bad because of X reasons. But this one, it felt a little bit more nebulous, and I I would yeah. have been also not surprised if you had come in and laid out some explanation that I had completely missed about this movie, and I go, oh, mm-hmm. it's actually better than I thought it was. But yeah, I, I guess yeah. that doesn't happen. I mean, and maybe we both missed it. I don't know. Maybe there's a through line that we completely whiffed on. Um, uh, I I was a little – I was extra focused on the structure of it because uh, I – it reminded me of something that I've had v- many conversations about recently, and it essentially proved me right. So I was very, I was very <laughs> interested notes. to see it. What's that? <laughs> Taking notes about why this is not working yeah, properly. I was, I was very interested to see this story done this way. Cause I was like, yep, this is exactly why this doesn't work. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I def, I would not recommend it. Uh, did you ever see, there's a, um, there's a Roman Polanski movie called knife in the water that I couldn't help thinking of. I have, I only saw it once a long, long time ago, but it was essentially the same kind of idea where it was, uh, uh, this husband and wife pick up this hitchhiker on their way to this boat vacation. And they end up inviting the hitchhiker onto the boat with them. And then it turns into this sort of, uh, lusty love triangle sort of thing where like it's very high sexual tension, which eventually uh, bursts with them getting into a fight and blah, blah, and all this kind of stuff. And I couldn't stop thinking about it in reference to this movie. Cause it feels like maybe that's the kind of vibe they were going for uh, just sort of like inverted a little bit. And it just didn't, it just wasn't there. I think, I think maybe like we were saying, maybe if you had made the boat thing, the whole movie, or at least really dialed back the, the the history stuff. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. If you dial yeah. back the history stuff and made it more more of a point, maybe. But uh, I I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll um we'll call it a day there. We're back. What what is the the B roll one? The title you just said it. and I can't remember the name of it. 
Near Dark. Near Dark. Near Dark. Which That's is right. uh, from, I think, 1987 and uh, stars an all-star cast of James Cameron B players, including <laughs> Bill Paxton, Jeanette Goldstein, and Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Um, and is a lot of fun. And uh, will be leading us into our more Halloween-themed month of October. Excellent. Yeah, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll have that coming up for the B-roll. We can look forward to that. Where the Water, interesting. Uh, Hurt Locker, a better movie, obviously. But we'll see <laughs> yes, where very much so. We'll see where uh, the B-roll ends up with. But yeah, this has been an illuminating one. Um, it's only five dollars on Amazon. If people are interested in buying it, I would not recommend it. But. I guess that's it. We'll come back with the B-roll. You guys can check out all the social media links down below. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. I think that's it. Do you have anything you want to say, Clay, or are we done? No, I think we're good. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I have to go back to centrally sucking the crab meat out of some crab legs. <laughs> well, it's good because a hurricane just pulled up uh, outside too. So I should probably what shut was, this down. What was with the thing where she's, t- she's telling Elizabeth Hurley about the time that he killed that girl and they're showing these like, flashbacks i guess where the girl is elizabeth hurley she's trying to hurt her i guess is is the, I, I, I guess she's i guess jean james is lashing out to try to hurt her about her false impression of what the scar is but it's like it's another one of those who cares kind of situations yeah, in the movie yeah i don't know guys thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed our coverage of a way to water and we'll see you next time